Radio Gag, the Gays Against Guns show. Prepare to gag, yeah. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Radio Gag, the weekly Gays Against Guns show. Radio Gag is your weekly update on how to end the horror that is the American gun violence epidemic. I'm Virginia Vitsdom. Hi, I'm Sarah Lilly. As gun violence in New York City and across the country continues to soar, in tonight's show we focus on the impact of violence in our black and brown communities and specifically in the sex trade. We bring you first editorial, a.k.a. my rant, about Trump's militarization of police in the context of the right to protest peacefully. Then our in memoriam is to Akil Christopher, Sarah brings us an interview with Tanisha Grant of Parents Supporting Parents New York, Inc. Finally, as always, we end with our sister singing queer tet, Sing Out Louise. First, Virginia Vitz Tomb. Gun violence is exploding across the country. The economy just fell 33%. 155,000 Americans are dead from coronavirus. Our president's response? To send federal soldiers in riot gear to protect federal buildings from graffiti. The president has built his toy army from employees of ICE, Border Patrol, and U.S. Marshals. The actual armed forces wanted no part of his dangerous game. It is Dictatorship 101 to take people already trained to terrorize immigrants and racialized others and turn them on a domestic target be they Jews, journalists, or in this case, peaceful protesters. The toy army is being used in a piece of street theater meant to show that agitators and anarchists are tearing down, quote, our country. But we can clearly see rubber bullets and pepper spray aimed at brave activists. Before his Portland strategy failed, Trump floated gun violence as an excuse to bring similar goon squads to cities including Detroit, Chicago, Albuquerque, and New York. No doubt he hoped to film black protesters for his Nixon-esque campaign law and order ads. But nobody in those cities want this. Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot said in late July, if the president really wanted to help, quote, he could support universal background checks and ban assault rifles, adding that militarized assistance would spell disaster. Why is gun violence up? It's summer. It's the COVID shutdown ending and people pouring back into the streets. Everybody is under incredible stress, out of work, facing eviction, hunger, and still infection by the virus. And there's the example leadership sets. A maskless president encourages citizens not to wear masks and they die. Heavily armed forces show up at protests and others take up arms and they die, as a protester did in Austin last weekend. From Trump's mouth to their impressionable ears. But even in this very grim summer of 2020, I see hope. People are not falling for this law and order charade. The protests persist because white people, not all white people, but a bigger percentage than ever before, seem to be finally getting it. 
finally getting what Black Lives Matter and Brian Stevenson and Michelle Alexander and Nicole Hannah-Jones and James Baldwin and Audre Lorde and John Lewis and so many more heroes and thinkers have been telling us for years. The United States is a white supremacist country and the police is a profoundly racist institution. This summer has seen the biggest protest movement in the country's history. In early July, the Times reported that 15 million to 26 million people in the United States had participated in demonstrations over the death of George Floyd and others. Despite the heavily armed, genuinely scary goon squads supplementing the violent tactics of many local police forces, protesters, many of them white, continue to show up. Why are white people finally getting it? Maybe because we watched George Floyd plead for his life for almost nine minutes beneath the knee and the blank face of Derek Chauvin. Maybe because we've been locked in our homes, buying and reading books about racism and activism and the real American history. Maybe people are connecting the 400 years of dehumanization and exploitation of black people with the cruelty of Trump's treatment of immigrants, poor people, women, LGBTQ people, basically all the non-rich, non-white men. And there are more of us. Thank you, Virginia. That was powerful. What do you say to an idea I've heard that the feds are already here? Thank you, Sarah. Such an important point that, that to make that, that this has already been happening to undocumented people, exactly these things, the, the terrorizing them, the ICE raids, swooping into courthouses, hospitals, all other places where they're, they're legally forbidden from going to just snatch people, family separation. The goon squad has already been doing it on people. And yes, here in, in New York, much videoed and talked about incident, a young trans woman was snatched up by what turned out to be plainclothes NYPD, but at the time you didn't know who these guys in shorts were, grabbing a woman from a protest, pushing her into a gray van and speeding off. It really did look like something out of a, of a banana republic. NYPD has a history of violence and abuse, and I definitely think they and other local police forces are emboldened by Trump's toy army. Thank you. Next, we have our In Memoriam by Carolyn Dixon, the founder of Where Do We Go From Here? Carolyn is part of our GAG Gun Violence Prevention Network. It was an honor to be able to collaborate with her on this piece. We share the In Memoriam to honor a life taken by gun violence and to remind us why we march. Kill Christopher was born on July 10th, 1997, and was shot on June 27, 2012. He survived for 14 days and died on his 15th birthday, July 10th. Akil was a high school student who loved to play basketball. 
he had hopes of pursuing a career in engineering. After graduating, Akil always had a pleasant disposition and was greatly admired and respected by both his peers as well as other community members. Akil was a normal teenager who came from a family that was very involved and active in his life. His mother, Natasha Christopher, was an active mother and was always concerned about his education, friends, safety, and well-being. Whenever Akil wanted permission to go to an academic or social event, she made sure to know who was in charge, who would be attending, and when and where the events were before she allowed him to participate. Natasha tried her best to shield her son from the violence of the streets to Noahville, despite all of her love and protection, her son was murdered, and today, Akil's case remains unsolved. Sleep in power, angel, for justice will prevail. Akil died in 2012, and his killer has never stepped forward. If anyone has information that could resolve his case, please contact someone within the community who can help bring justice for Akil. Carolyn's current project is creating a house in the Poconos where survivor families can go to heal and take respite. Next up, tonight we are joined by organizer Tanisha Grant of Parents Supporting Parents New York, Inc., she started PSP NY Inc. to help with basic needs, such as food and housing and technology for remote learning. PSP New York Inc. recently sponsored a teach-in about the needs of sex workers in our community. Welcome. I'm here with Tanisha Grant. And Tanisha, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and the work you do? Hi, my name is Tanisha Grant. I'm the CEO of Parents Supporting Parents New York. <laughs> I am a um, public speaker and I am an activist and basically in our organization. It's just what the title says, Parents Supporting Parents, emotionally, um, financially, any way that we can. Beautiful. Well, we are here today to talk about the sex trade and gun violence. I want to say that people often feel that sex trafficking doesn't exist or they don't see it. How close would you say is the average person in the five boroughs to a place where sex work occurs or to a sex worker? Very close. If we're talking about sex workers, they might be your next door neighbor. Thank you. I was working at a school in Brooklyn in East New York off of Linden Boulevard and I went out of the building one day for a walk and there was blood on the sidewalk. I was like, oh my God, what happened here? And then I heard on the news that two girls were shot by their pimp there. 
And later on, I saw a documentary called In Our Backyard, and I learned that actually that area, Linden, right by Pennsylvania, that is a place where sex work takes place. Can you tell us, is this typical? Are sex workers more likely to be exposed to violence and why? Well, if, if the pimp has a stable and that's a group of girls, different girls, uh, it might be a, a violent situation if that pimp is violent. And if he controls his girls with violence, then yes, it definitely happens. Um, and it happens to the most vulnerable girls, the girls who have been kicked out, the girls who are on the street for whatever reason, the girls that have daddy issues, they, they have a, a way of sniffing them girls out. And once they sniff them out, you know, it's a mind thing, you know, and once they get your mind, it's, it, everything else follows. So... It can be a, a very violent situation. Okay. We are a gun violence prevention show, and I want to ask you if illegal guns play a part in the coercion of sex workers. Yes, I think illegal guns plays a part in that because um, guns scare people. Guns keep people in line. Guns kill people. But I think it's a bigger picture behind the gun narrative because... How are these people getting these guns? We don't, the people in the hood don't make guns. So where are they coming from? You know, I tell people the only time that the NRA was for changing a gun law is when the Black Panthers used their legal rights to open carry in California. So it starts at the top, but everybody likes their guns. Absolutely. Have you heard the term Iron Pipeline? Yes. GAG is doing a series of actions around the Iron Pipeline and working on the laws. And we advocate for federal laws on gun sales so that you don't have to go hit or miss state to state. And so that people in Chicago can't just drive over to Indiana, load up their car with guns and then bring them back to the inner city to, to coerce people. Them guns are made available, and who are the people that's making them available? It starts at the top. If I went right now to Virginia and tried to buy a gun, I bet you I wouldn't be able to. I'm a law-abiding citizen. I'm a public servant. I have my nonprofit organization, but I'm telling you, I couldn't go right in the store and buy a gun. So who's going in the stores and buying these guns and selling them illegally to people that shouldn't have them? And it's not just black people that have illegal guns. A lot of white people around here that have illegal guns, too. Yeah. And I also realized that like drug trade and like sex trade, selling guns is a way of getting money. What I hear you saying is that there are white people or people with more power than those in the hood who get these guns and then take them where the market is, which is in the inner city. And so they're used in crimes. We know that the government flooded the communities of black and brown people with drugs a few times. I mean, if you put stuff in a community and you give the people in the community no opportunities to better themselves or to educate themselves, you are 
creating this environment on purpose. Do you think that organized crime is involved in running guns from one state to another? I think organized crime is a big part of the gun trade. And it's so funny that it took them decades to go after so-called the mafia. But if three Black people get together, they're a gang automatically. Yes. So, yes, they play a big part in it. They always have. And I also heard the term for the first time today, survival sex work. That's when you have no choice but to sell your body because you have to pay your bills, because you need a roof over your head. It all leads back to systemic racism. Virginia, you edited a story by a girl who was trafficked. Guns make a dramatic appearance. Yeah, my day job is editing Represent Magazine, written by and for youth and foster care. And I had a brilliant writer, Marika Beckett, document the way she was brought into being trafficked. And the paragraph you're referring to takes place the first time She's gone. She's she's kicked out of her home. She has no place to go. A friend takes her to the home of Bob, who becomes her pimp. And uh, here I quote Marika. The next day, I saw one of the guys from Bob's house punch, kick, spit on, and drag a young girl because he said she was stealing his money. At this point, I knew how I'd be making money with Bob. I wanted to help the girl, but after the pimp took out his gun, I stayed in the corner sucking my thumb. You can read Marika's story at representmag.org. It's called Claiming the Life I Deserve. You're listening to Radio Gag, the Gays Against Guns show, here on listener-sponsored commercial-free radio WBAI. We are here every Tuesday evening at 6.30 p.m., bringing you the latest in gun violence prevention movement news. Next up, organizer Tanisha Grant talks about black-on-black crime. Now we're talking about systemic racism. This week in Congress, Attorney General Barr said that there are far more black-on-black homicides than police killings of black people. Can you speak about that? First, I would like to say, Sarah, have you ever heard white-on-white crime or brown-on-brown crimes? Thank you. Black-on-black crime is a household name. Why is that? That's them changing the narrative. That's white privilege. That's them saying, oh, black people are bad. Black people kill each other. If you live in a neighborhood that is filled with black people and you get murdered, most likely it's a black person. If you live in a white neighborhood that is filled with white people and you get murdered, most likely it's a white person. If you live in an Asian neighborhood with mostly Asian people and get murdered, most likely is an Asian person. Black people do not kill each other at a higher rate than any other ethnic group. Bill Barr is a racist, just like Donald Trump. And he thinks that black people are beneath him. And he thinks that we're something that needs to be controlled. And we're not. 
Sarah, my people have never been free in this country. Well, how can we support PSPNY Inc.? Well, you know, the thing about grassroots organizations is that nobody never, ever sees us. And we work so hard. And we work for free. So grassroots those donations that help us to take care of our community, to throw events, to um, participate in events, to teach, to do teachings, all of that costs money. So grassroots donations are very important. And I think instead of donating to big charities, you should donate to the people on the ground that's doing the work 24-7. I was doing this work before COVID. So, you know, a little $10, a little $20 here, that adds up and that allows little organizations like PSP and Y to continue to help anybody they can. We just had... Eric Gardner six year memorial was July 17th and PSPNY co-sponsored that. And we actually was able to donate brand new laptops through donations. We had a graduation ceremony for the kids in Eric's name. Cause Eric, you know, was close to kids and, you know, always looked out for kids for his daughter legacy. So that was huge to us. And we couldn't have done it without, you know, donations, you know, support us, do things like this, Sarah, have us on for an interview. We're here. We're working every day. And we thank you so much. And we're asking all of our listeners to support PSP and Y Inc. That's, that's Parents Supporting Parents, New York, Inc., Thank you so much, Tanisha Grant. We know we're going to hear a lot about you in the future. I hope so. <laughs> that you're doing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. It's been a pleasure. I hope you invite me back. <laughs> to find out more about working with us, please go to gazeagainstguns.net or follow us at Gaze Against Guns New York on Facebook and Instagram or Gag No Guns on Twitter. Also, be sure to check out our website to learn more about our gag chapters located nationwide in Orlando, L.A., D.C., Chicago, San Francisco, and others. Come to a meeting. Here in New York, we meet virtually every other Thursday at 7 p.m., if you go on our website, you can sign up and you'll receive an invitation to the meeting. Please join us. Everyone is welcome to any and all gag events. Another great way to get involved is by becoming a WBAI buddy. A BAI buddy is someone who keeps our unique volunteer-run radio show going by giving a small donation every month. Just go to WBAI.org or call 516 516- 620-3602 and become a BAI buddy in the name of Radio Gag. And thank you. So now it's time to finish the show with our hell yeahs when we celebrate some of our favorite sheroes and heroes of the week. Hell yeah, the Lori Lightfoot for telling Trump we don't want your goon squad, we want gun control. Hell yeah to President Obama for inspiring us to vote and to follow the words of John Lewis and get in good trouble. Hell yeah to Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez for taking 
a verbal assault and turning it into a beautiful speech about restorative justice and the rights of all women to not be abused. Hell yeah! yeah. Thanks for listening. And we are back next Tuesday and every Tuesday at 6.30 p.m. And don't forget, you can listen to our previous shows anytime on the WBAI website or on any major podcast platform, Stitcher, Apple Radio, um, all of them. Any place you get podcasts, you can get the Radio Gag podcast. We leave you with our fabulous political singing quartet, Sing Out Louise. First we were afraid, we were petrified By the sight of all those nasty Nazis by your side But character is destiny and you're a psychopathic hate You can't escape They promise to us if you take with every week You spring a leak You're gauging agey, Billy Barney's your bizarre The fucking freak Well, if Mueller couldn't do it This November feels your hate You're gonna wish your name was Nixon You will pray for Watergate Go on, now go You Russian whore Just turn around now Cause you're not welcome anymore Aren't you the fool who said Corona's passes by The world can crumble You think we'll lay down and die Oh, no, bro, bye We will survive Oh, as long as we are stuck with you The fight will stay alive And through every turn and twist We'll have the courage to resist We'll survive We will survive Hey, hey